0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you after... We finished this. It was a bonkers last couple of games, certainly last game of the season. I don't really want to talk about Southampton, but we're going to have a bit of a chatter in the season in general. I've got Andy Bale in Liverpool. I've got Johnny Henderson in Belfast. So... Let's go through a few categories first. Um, let's just kick it off. Andy, you were fortunate enough to get to a load of games this season. Um, is its is it cliche to say Manchester United getting hammered 7-0 at Anfield is by far the right answer?
1: Yeah, that, that is the right answer i can try and do a more hipster one if you want or a, a norm yeah let's 7, let's like go 100. hipster let's go hipster all right um i did have a think about this were so a couple in my mind um I've, yeah you're right i've been to a good few games this season got very lucky with the ways um which is just kind of knowing people and making the right connections so i think i've did that 34 of the 51 which has left me in a situation where I really need to save some money this summer. And I'm actually quite glad for the break. But as much as it's been quite drab on the pitch at times, I've you know still had some great times. Like the concourse on, on Sunday, I'll send you the videos of it. Um, doing the uh, the Everton, Bramley Moor will be empty inside song to American Pie. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll fire this in. I was just getting to crack of it. Apart from that, a hipster a hipster game of the season, I think probably the win against Man City at home, which isn't really that hipster either. Just because I remember being out with a few people the night before and obviously like you're never actually gonna give your ticket away, but you're joking saying, like, oh goodness me, watching this hungover is gonna be dreadful. Anyone want my ticket? And that was kind of reflective of the mood at, at that time. I can't remember exactly where it falls, but I'm pretty sure we've um we've been beaten by by Forrest at that point, we've been beaten by Arsenal. We're well out of the title race. We're looking, we're staring down the barrel. It's like Nov. I'm pretty sure it's like
0: November, and it's it, like, actually, it is you know what? It's fine. We're back.
1: One it, it, of
0: those it, it, various false dawns we had throughout the season.
1: But but by that point, it, it, even even though we'd won the we would won that game, you still knew that it it we weren't really going to be in the title race this season. You know, we could do the maths around it, and you could say we could do like no, a, totally. But you were like, we'll finish third or fourth, easy. Yeah, and and uh, that's fine. But that was still a depressing state of affairs after the quadruple. We all thought that you know we'll go and we'll nail it this season. I was convinced personally we'll win the league, um, which shows how much I know. And it probably bodes well for next season because I don't think we're going to win the league next season. Um, so maybe we will. But like that game was just, everyone went into it down. The atmosphere wasn't great at the start. I think. Uh, James Milner's playing right back that day. Joe Gomez is playing centre half after a few dreadful performances because we've literally nobody else. Um, and I remember he, he swaps Nunez out. He takes Nunez out finally and, and plays Firmino, which is what I wanted. And I think it's Jota's first game back. And he then gets injured again. And just as the game went on and on, and you know, we all remember what Milner, uh, what Foden did to Milner the season before. And then Milner won that first tackle and it got a big roar from the crowd and Gomez was taking control of Haaland really well. And all those fears that you had of literally the conversations in the pub before were, we're going to get beat 4-1, 5-1 here. Um, and all those fears gradually began to lay. and we, we created a couple of chances and it just became, you know, one of those games where Salah had the better of the City fullback, whoever it was at the time. And... Um, He misses a really horrendous one-on-one just before Ederson makes a save, but then he puts it away straight after. And uh, I remember being absolutely buzzing and not expecting to be after that game. So I'm gonna go for Liverpool one, Man City nil.
0: All right, Johnny. Are you going to deviate from the right answer, which is Liverpool seven, Manchester United (laughs) nil?
2: Well, it was obviously the Liverpool seven, Man United nil because it was just it was just a bit of much needed comic relief wasn't it and a
0: talk was, us through it Johnny talk us through it
2: Frick where do you start I suppose it was one of them ones where I I, I was strangely confident because and I know we finished ultimately behind them which is really embarrassing because I, I do I do genuinely think United are still pretty shit they're not that good. They're, not that good they're,
0: they're, they're average. They're average. But if, yes, you're in the, yes. if you remember, and if I remember, for the first half hour, we're not good in that game.
2: Yeah, and I think that's why it was so enjoyable in the way it panned out because we're not good. I think Fernandez has a has a header which goes narrowly past the post. I like think Rashford has a ball over the top and he doesn't control and you're thinking, and you know, they're getting a bit cocky, they're away ends getting a bit, getting into it and because they've been, you know, beaten out the gate their last few times and then, and then we just, you know, for one glorious hour of of football then, um, we just look like our old selves and they look like the rabble that they've been for most of the last ten years, when um, rabble plays this lovely wee ball inside the inside the fullback, I think it's Juan Basaka, um, who everybody says, oh, he's so good one on one tackling, but apart from his awful positional sense and <laughs> complete lack of ability on the ball, he is a liability, <laughs> he just, and he doesn't. Uh, gap go just scores a lovely goal, and then. Yeah, we just relax in the second half and we play our football, and it's just literally taking the piss. It's absolute comedy stuff. We're just, um, I must say, one of the best aesthetically pleasing goals I think I've ever seen at Anfield, as well, by the way, the one where Salah breaks and he.
0: He has. Stop it, Johnny. That was the. Go- no, don't do this now because we're going to do a goal of the season and that's mine.
1: <laughs> it's mine yeah, as well. <laughs> it, uh, ah,
0: stop it.
2: You've got the, 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 the so called butcher. You know, when we didn't show up at Old Trafford and they were slabbering over this Martinez, this tiny centre back, but he's such a hard man. And I mean, he was all, all absolutely humiliated that day. I mean, he. I think his level against a Liverpool team that were on it was exposed, and yeah, Salah ties him in knots. He doesn't know where he's running. He's running. He's running towards his own goal, and Salah's got the ball, and he's he doesn't know where and he you is. you know what and Johnny?
0: I'll always remember that. I'll always remember that Henri quote, and he's like, "If you're a defender, never show the attack of your number."
2: Yeah. Martinez yeah. did
0: it about four
2: times, and then fell over. He did. He did. So, and then the goals, so, you know. Nunez gets a cheap one doesn't he, he gets a sack and then they they get that and then it's just like lining up it's like Salah smashes one in Darwin gets a header and then obviously for me the reason it's a standard game is Bobby as well we knew we knew Bobby was going uh. and and he's he just caps it off and it's just hilarious to beat them seven 0 I mean it does get lost a wee bit where you know United fans started to weirdly try and turn it against Liverpool oh, oh look at you. Oh, that's how far you have fallen, I'm like, you've just lost 7-0 to your biggest rivals. You've literally got maybe the second worst defeat in your entire history. And you've been around since the late 1800s. And you've literally had the worst league defeat. Have some shame, you know? Uh, so it was just a lovely, that was a lovely afternoon. Now, if you'd asked me my hipster choice, I would have said the same as Andy. So when Andy said that, I went... Oh, fuck what would be my other hipster choice and it was probably more it was probably more the environment I was in because I was away in Alicante at the time and I watched it in the bar and it was the game we, we beat Newcastle away which I quite enjoyed, we weren't great defensively but it was just a good away win against a team that ultimately you know, got into the Champions League places above us as well Which is at, at
1: that time Johnny I think that we were the only team to have beaten them in the league and we'd done it twice
2: yeah, yeah, and I suppose the other the honorable shout as well for the again, it was a bit of a shit show of a performance, and that we started off like a train really good. And then that's
0: uh, uh, my, my answer, don't do it, it's my answer.
2: Um, you're yeah, okay, I'll, I'll you can go. And say it's it. Spurs, I, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. the, the Jada, yeah,
0: yeah. Spurs is my answer. Yeah. Aside, from the, aside from the United Seven, they'll we we start off and um. I'm down, I'm down at my old football club. I'm watching it with a pile of fellas I used to play football with who are all Reds, but it's a bizarre scenario where where I used to play football. There was more Spurs fans than any any other any other fans. And my brother was down as well. So it's like a fucking Spurs supporters club. And I'm like, we're going to hammer these in today. And everybody's like, oh no, no. And I'm like, there's shit, we're going to hammer them. Three three nil up after like it's two after like five minutes isn't it? Did it ever yeah, go it
2: three? Was it not? It was three yeah,
1: It makes it three after fifteen or so.
0: Yes, three nil after fifteen minutes. It it, it was reminiscent of of like when we beat Arsenal five one um, under Rodgers. The first like half an hour, we absolutely eviscerate them, and then they get the one back and they're like, oh, we'll be okay. They're crap and we're playing really well. And then they get the second back and we're like, oh, and then the third goal in injury time. And of all people, it's that horrible little gobshite Richardson. and he okay. takes his shirt off with his shit tattoos, and he does his wee pigeon dance with his shit hair and you're like, this is tragic. Now, my brother, he ran through the pool room and out of the bar, and he didn't even make it back in to see Joda make it 4-3. He ran back in with a big grin in his face, watching me jumping up and down my mates. <laughs> but there was something about that when Lucas Mora misplaced that pass and Jada latched onto it, I was just like... That's the goal. He's definitely going to stick that away. And maybe it was because at that point I didn't really care a lot because it was nice to watch a really good game of football without everything riding on it. And that's what we've done for three or four years, right? Even through that season, we finished fourth. We're going through that spell where we've got to finish fourth with Nat Phillips and with Rhys Williams and we've got to do it. Every game matters. You know, Alison scoring headers at West Brom and Andy skiing through the Anfield Rap Studio. This is where we were. And for the first time in ages, I was just able to, like, just have a nice time at loads of other people's expense, which was great. So, yeah, that's my hipster
1: choice. I loved it. Um okay. If I didn't tell you already, by the way, Alison actually reacted to that. I don't know if I've, I've shown you. I've
0: I've seen you mention it.
1: I'll send you the I'll send you the video. Yeah, if, uh, you, you might have heard me mention it once or twice. Uh once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Are we are we all doing Gakpo V United's his second goal, his goal of the season? Do we all agree on that? We could, we could do a set. We could do a second one. Like well, that's why I'm asking. Are we going to do a second favorite then?
1: Yeah, but you're going to need to give me time to think about mine. Well, while you think about that,
0: Johnny, is Gakpo's second against United your goal of the season?
2: It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It was, yeah, it was one of a few times this season we looked like it looked like clocked ball, didn't it? You know, it was just the red shirt streaking away, solid and just from a tight angle, the Gea, who is a very good shot stopper and has foiled us on many an occasion, um, and he just—it was just so nonchalant. To, a dink from a tight angle—you just don't see that type of finish. It was, no. yeah, that, yeah. I'm struggling to think of. Um, there's probably sort of a real standout belter goal in another game. Um,
0: but that goal, Johnny, that goal is it's pure Klopp. Um, and I think that that's the moment. You know, gaku gets his first goal against Everett. We're really not sure what we're trying to do with him. It looks like he's trying to become the new Bobby. And we thought that Jota was going to become the new Bobby. And we've seen that try and fail. We saw Mane try and do his best Bobby impression last season, also playing in that withdrawn role. But... The ball's one on the edge of the box and Gakpo, like I can't remember who it is. Maybe Fred or somebody. And he just he's like, get off me, get away from me. And he's so graceful. And it's him that plays the pass to Salah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely do Martinez. And Salah does that pass. It's a weird pass. Like that's a pass that you only play with your if you're on that side, your right foot. But he plays that pass quite often with his left foot and that was no right to score from there. No right. But his finish is exquisite and it does that thing where like, it, it hits the wee you know, that wee rim around the bottom of the net that holds it down and bounces up into the roof of the net which just makes it even more aesthetically pleasing. And I think that is like that's That's
2: when Cody Gakpo arrives, isn't it? Yeah, 100% it is. It was a real statement moment where he probably, where everyone could see how good he is and how, you know, how much quality he has. So, yeah, uh, 100%.
0: Andy, have you thought of your hipster choice yet?
1: Yeah, I've uh, I've kind of got two, but I'll not say what my other one is in case I, I steal somebody else's hipster choice. It's kind of a bit of a um context sort of thing because i work in a school on merseyside and like i'm sure every school in merseyside there's it's pretty much split halfway between reds and blues and everyone knows i'm a a massive red and i remember like it was just one particular kid <laughs> in my year eight class that day it's been absolutely horrible um, to the Liverpool fans, like doing, I, I mean, just sort of doing high soul shouts and all this, and you know, I'd sort of pull them up on it and hold them behind at the end, but just the quintessential bitter kid, bitter family, and um I remember just being really, really terrified going into that game because for the first time, and I don't know what it was like for you guys, but growing up in Northern Ireland, more or less, everyone was Liverpool and Manchester United, and the main reason for that was, well, certainly for me, my dad was a glory hunter who loved watching Liverpool in the 80s, and, um, so uh, I so it was always basically between Liverpool and United. So I never really got the whole goodest or, or the the Derby thing. I didn't like Everton, you know. You're on Twitter and but until it was over here, I never really hated them, and I never was really that desperate for them to go down or anything. But I remember like being nervous for that game all day, like more so than I've been any other game possibly like even any other game against Manchester United that's how bad it got and I remember like Mandy and cousin were over and they're they you know they've only ever lived in Northern Ireland and you know they were buzzing to get to a Derby but they couldn't understand why I was so sick nervous for this and I was be you know I, I'd actually got to the point where I would have taken a point at that time we weren't playing well and I just didn't want them to win um you know they haven't won I don't feel in front of fans obviously since since 1999. And I was just terrified that Dice was going to do a number on us. And the first half of that game or the first half hour of that game was pretty much a, like a, exactly how you'd expect a peak Sean Dice team against a miss Farden, Jurgen Klopp Liverpool team to go. We didn't create anything. We couldn't get any space anywhere. And, you know, they're cheering every tackle, every throw-in, blah, blah, blah. And just to have that deadlock broken where I think it's, uh, Tarkovsky hits the post, we go straight up the other end, Nunez, for all his his faults, does a great piece of playing, bursts away, and fires one in, and Salah just nips in ahead of Pickford, and I remember just almost being in disbelief that we'd scored, because I thought, at best, this is going to end nil nil for us. Um, And I think, you know, your favourite goal isn't necessarily always the best goal, it's the one which, for whatever reason, in whichever context you're in, Evokes the most passion and the most emotion <laughs> for me. It just went absolutely wild in the cop. I remember like spasming in my back against the safe standing, reeling thing. Could barely walk the next day, but yeah, that, that was an incredible, incredible moment.
0: Johnny, have you thought of a hipster associate?
1: Do you know what,
2: Angola really enjoyed, but it's, it feels a bit boring because it's a game Andy's reference, but I, I love the goal, the winner against City when um, Salah does When Cancelo. Salah turns
0: Cancelo, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, which really was probably, I think he had a big row with Guardiola after that, and obviously he's ended up uh, <laughs> he's ended up on loan at Bayern, but yeah, I just think because at the time, for all the reasons Andy said really, with, you know, we were all sort of dreading that game. We were very, very ne- skeptical about our chances, and um, yeah, and it was just. I think what I liked about that was obviously all the talk was about Holland against Salah, and there's no doubt like it's been Holland's season, and he could very well <laughs> win everything, um, apart from the League Cup. But um, yeah, the, you, you know, all the talk was about Holland, and he didn't score and. Salah got the winner and it was a really typical Salah goalie latches on to, I think it was Nelson kick, wasn't it? And um, just st- pure strength and real composure in front of the cop. So that was probably not the most aesthetically pleasing, which definitely was Gapko's, but that's the goal I most remember. I must say if, it's probably the come down from last season, but there's not a lot of goals really stand out for me. This season, a, a struggle even to really think of standout games. Do you know what I mean? It's just been that sort of season, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think I have two in my mind aside from those two. I think um Trents against Leicester. It's just... It's just like...
2: The free kick?
0: Oh, oh like... We know he's good, and uh, we. Know, but there, sometimes you need something like that to remind you how good he actually is. And it was just absolutely stunning. The other one, um, God, I've forgotten it now. It's absolutely gone out of my head.
1: My other one was for me, no equaliser against Arsenal.
0: Arsenal, that was mine as well. Yes, that was mine as well. Because that was brilliant. And because it was Bobby, and because you thought at that time that was going to be like his last game and his last goal. And then afterwards, you're like, of course, it's Bobby against Arsenal. Who else is going to equalise? Of course, it was going to be him. Um, and there's that, you know, it's it's the trend not on Semchenko beforehand and the byline as well, Andy, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I think as as, as well. It was just the context of it for me because I know this splits opinion. Probably will split opinion in this podcast. And that was
0: that was the start of the run we went on that second half. of That well, probably the last hour of that game.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, and then we win the next what seven and draw the last two, obviously. But I think for me, I was never that bothered about City winning the league, um, especially given all the charges and stuff. And I just didn't want Arsenal and especially Arteta to be piping up, you know, having won the same number of Premier Leagues as Klopp after one sort of good season or City having one off season. So I was just buzzing with with taking that out of their hands at the time, and I think it's been well documented as well, you know. Granite Jack acts a fool and. The golden rule in Anfield is just don't ride up the crowd if they're not um if they're not up for it. And, and we weren't up for it. And then from that moment we were. And with the Salah penalty miss, you thought we were gonna come agonizingly close and lose the game. And then obviously it's it's salvaged in the most incredible manner. Um and it's an incredible header, by the way. And that that cross, as, as much as everyone was on about the nutmeg, the cross is behind him and the archer's back. Um and he can only head it up the ways, but he puts not enough power on it for it to go over the bar, but just enough power on it for it to beat Ramsdale. Like it was a real moment of quality from Firmino. Do you know? Do you know what's funny about that game? Because it was, it was Easter Sunday, wasn't it? That game.
2: Um, it was, yeah. And I'd met up with some friends, and they're actually at home, and we were out watching that. And a few of them are real big Arsenal fans, like going back years, and they're my my age, sort of mid forties, so they. You know they really remember the times when when Arsenal and Wenger and that, and it's funny when you talk about that incident because it felt like a real defining moment in the season because they were they were cruising they were they were two 0 up obviously when Jesus got the header and my the friend was half an
0: hour they absolutely destroy us
2: yeah they looked every inch the the champions elect didn't they and. It was just funny because a friend of mine who's poor Tarsall, who you'll know, um, Dave Kieran McDade. Um,
0: ah, Ciarán McDade.
2: When when um, <laughs> when Jack got involved with Trent, he got really, really animated. And I was like, why are you getting so animated for it? You're 2-0 you're up and you're playing really well. But it was exactly that. He was like, why is he doing that? This game's just flat now. He's got the crowd going. This happened before with Arteta. Which, which had happened, and that was his as an Arsenal fan, he remembers all this, and it just really was funny, You got Trent fired up, the crowd fired up, then we score before half-time, then we absolutely murder them for the second half, we eventually equalised, I think if we would equalised even five minutes earlier, we definitely would have won, and then we had big, big chances to win it, but funny, you look back now, that was probably the apex of their title challenge, was when they went 2-0 up, and then after that, that was that was it, wasn't it? They never really recovered from that game. It was the no, yeah, that was them. You know, they 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 just went on a horrible run then, and um, so they just strolled it.
0: Yeah, and Andy, if if you look back at that now, I think that's where Arsenal blew the title, as 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 Johnny says. But I also think that's where we blew top four. I think if Salah sticks that penalty away, we win that game and we go on and we finish fourth or maybe third.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to say because it's, it's with so long to go. I remember at that point we are so far away from it. So, you know, if we were a bit closer, would Newcastle or Manchester United have dropped some of the stupid points they would have done with a bit more pressure on? It's, it's all there. The butterfly effect the butterfly effect, isn't it but um yeah i mean the, the salah penalties penalty mess probably i agree with you if, we, if he scores that we we probably do go on to to win that game and you know who knows what happens from that but you know we've also a massive chance at the end for Kanate who somehow misses from about three yards and he was really really good that day yeah and... i feel bad for him for that chance though, because it, it's it's a horrible
0: height it's yeah, like mid, rift, it's a like mid- on rift well. tight. It's horrible. Um, but we but we've other chances, and we should probably get a penalty as well right after that chance when Salah's hauled yeah. back. Yeah, but it's anarchy with Salah. So yeah, well that's it. That's it. All right. Um, the goalkeeper's player of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's obviously, Yeah,
2: yeah by a con- by a country mile. It's probably the easiest... okay. The let's to pick.
0: let's yeah. go for let's go for okay. Who's your like unsung hero, Johnny?
2: Jesus, unsung hero this season.
0: <sighs> um, like. They're nearly all unsung, so you've everyone to pick from because they were all pish.
2: None of them were heroes though. <laughs> um uh, I can't give you an unsung hero. I think Allison was I think Allison was head and shoulders, obviously. And then I look at everyone else, and they've been you know, you couldn't look at anyone on the back four. I'm just trying to do, do you know who I'm gonna actually I I will give an answer to this. Um Basadich, or is that the right way to pronounce it? Um, I knows. But b- before he got his injury, which was probably indicative of how um, pressured we were that he ended up getting injured, he really showed something. You know, he came into that team at a really difficult time and really stood up and looked a really, really good prospect. Um, and I think he's one of the few that, he can actually hold his head up and say, you know, when I got my chance in that team, um, I took it. And I suppose on the same theme in midfield. Curtis Jones. You know, Curtis Jones in the last eight, nine games of the season. Ten games.
0: I think he, I think his, his first games against Chelsea, which is
2: yeah. probably,
0: what, 11, 12 games before the end of the season.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with him. You know, him and Bazalich were... For, for me, they were the two that uh, um, can hold their head up. I, I think Curtis did really well in the, in those last games as well. He, he looked a really good, accomplished footballer. Um, and let's be honest, like there was there was so many substandard and I don't know hang, hung, hungover. Yeah, the bar's
0: season. low. The bar's low. I get what you're saying.
2: Yeah, but they would be my two. They would be okay. there too, I guess, if you pushed me, yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry, John, it was it was, it was <laughs> a difficult question. I apologise, mm. Andy. I'm going to kind of re- redefine this question for you based on what we've seen over the last 10, 12 games of the season. Who are you most excited slash optimistic about in the current squad going into next year?
1: Well, I'll, I'll do a quick one on the unsung hero, because I actually do have an answer for that. Um, and yeah. it's not the, for the cringe, cliche reason you'll think, but I'll say Firmino, because I think first half of the season, he can really hold his head up high. Um, we bring Nunez in okay, at times, he's, he's creating all this chaos, but he doesn't look a very good footballer, and Firmino started this season as sixth choice and very quickly had to play centre-forward for the first half of the season. I think he's 13 league goals or 14 league he goals. Yeah, I think I think he's 12 all competitions and I think yeah, they've all possibly come in the league. Um, But he sort of went from that striker who, you know, for the past couple of seasons had been playing well but not scoring and there was an issue in the end with his numbers. His numbers were never, you know, on top of the world. They were never Salah levels, but... They were really hitting low numbers towards maybe the the season or two before, um, but he came in and you know was scoring some some lovely goals. He's, he's you know I think he scores a lovely double at Rangers. Um, I was with you. At the,
0: I was with you at the the Brighton game. Yeah, were, and he, he was brilliant. Oh, he was the one bright spot during that game.
1: I think he was the one bright spark during that first half of the season, but because people were so desperate to get Nunez in and see what he was made of, and yeah. maybe we all knew that Firmino was was you know over the hill or going at the end of the season, everyone kind of ignored the fact that he was actually really good. And it's only really when Gakpo comes in and is able to do his job a little bit better than him at this point of his career that we, um, that we didn't realise that. So obviously he's had a lot of fanfare, but I actually think he's been by far one of our better players this season on a completely emotionally neutral Neville Um and the guys I I think am I am I right in saying we go to United
0: early in the season we lose two one. Yeah. And we're not good. But for me that day I thought it was outstanding.
1: Yeah and loads of people thought he was crap that night but I actually agreed with you. I thought he was really good. Um, people were saying he was having to drop so deep, but he was having to drop so deep because we could literally get no, no control over that football that night. Um, in terms of like the player that I'm, I'm excited by, I think you've mentioned before that I'm the I'm not sure if it was on the pre-poll or the, or the pod, but I'm the president or the CEO of the Cody Gakpu fan club. And ever since he's come into the the middle of the park, I've just I've just been so excited by everything he's done. I saw him playing in the World Cup for the Netherlands in the number 10 and thinking, yeah, this guy's a player. And I was actually, you know, everyone went on about be Fernandez, and I'm sure, you know, he could still become a good player. But I always thought, like, Gakpo's the one I really want from this World Cup. He's big, he was physical. He jumped the keeper in one game to, to, to win a header. and um,
0: A third scored of the
1: the Score to the winner, yeah, for the Netherlands. And I remember being so excited when we signed him and, been a bit disappointed, or a bit like this guy Dodd when he when he first came in and was playing on the left. But whether it was by design to always put him into the center or whether it's something we stumbled across, one thing's for sure. I think we've got our center forward for the next five years minimum. He's just doing all the bobby things. Um, but he's six foot four and maybe a little better bit a little bit better at shooting and a bit more physical. And that's not saying he's going to reach prime for me new levels. Obviously, I hope he does, but the signs are there, and the thing that's impressed me the most about it was he's had incredible goals. We've mentioned two of them against United. There's the one at West Ham from outside the box, but in his like the Everton game, his first goal, and the Southampton game, his last goal. He's scoring those tap-ins at the back post that Firmino used to always. Uh, Leads as well, wasn't it? Leads as well, yeah, exactly the same. And okay, you don't come away from those goals thinking, "Oh, that was all Gakpo. That was amazing." But if it was that easy to score so many goals from two yards out, everyone would be doing it, and they're not. So I think his intelligence and his timing of those runs, um, and his just his, his, his ability to be a marksman in those areas is is gonna stand us in such good stead. And um, I think actually people have always gone on, people have gone on about Trent's changing position being so crucial to this team. I actually think Gakpo... Playing deeper and being an extra man in that midfield when we lose the ball has been a massive part of, for example, for being Fabinho's slight renaissance so second half of the season and Henderson looking a bit better and things just genuinely looking a bit more cohesive. So, yeah, really excited by him. And for me, he plays down the middle every single week.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the biggest repurposing of a player since when Alden came in. We brought a player in who's very specific in one area of the pitch we went, actually we're going to do something completely different with you and it's going to be class. And that seems to be the way. I'm very excited about him as well. Johnny, have you won, since um, Andy gave me two answers there, have you one player in the squad, the current squad, that you're most excited about seeing next season? give
1: you two answers. I answered both your questions.
0: <laughs> Johnny, Do you have a player you're most excited about next season from the current squad?
2: Gatko, I'm excited to just see him push on and continue doing what he's doing. Um, We'll not talk about potential transfers in, although some of the names have been linked. Um, And Conan Graham would be very exciting, but... I suppose I'm looking forward to just seeing uh, Trent again because listen, there's still the old you know, there's still the question marks about, and it's not about Trent, it's where he's asked to play and and he hasn't had a listen, he's he's had a, a very shaky season concentration wise and stuff, but he's definitely had a massive, massive influence on games and since he's become more central. He seems to be getting loads and loads of touches on the ball. And he's 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 he seems to be real natural at at playing there, which isn't a surprise. Like we've watched him. He's a generational talent. You know, there's nobody on our podcast that doesn't rave about Trent and his ability. But but I think even at the weekend in a in a basketball game and let you know you couldn't read too much into it. But the ball he plays to Firmino, or sorry, to Fabinho, who assists the Firmino goal uh, against Southampton, that to me was just classic. You know, the way he just, it was real like Busquets-ish, if I could say that. Yeah. You know, he, he, he sort of disguises it. A pass that
0: breaks the lines. It.
2: Yeah, he just disguises it, you know, he just rolls it, and it's like literally, there's no, there's no cleverness in it. He doesn't chip it over anyone or swerve it or do anything too technical. That's just vision, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. He just sees it and he he puts a bit of disguise on the way he shapes his body, which is what Busquets was a master at. And he takes three or four players out. And I just think if we can put the right, if we can get the right legs and engines into that midfield around him and we can build on that. Um I'm excited to see what he, he he can do. He can really run games from there. Maybe yeah. not all the time at the at the really top level. We've got yet to see. We did play a lot of substandard teams in the last eight or nine games. You know, you know, there were weaker. We did play the weaker weaker end of the league, but uh, yeah, Trent.
0: But ultimately, you know, two things on this. I think first of all, that's where we that's where our title challenge. And if you want to look at the top four challenge field, which was against the bottom half teams, our record against the bottom half teams, certainly first half of the season's absolutely atrocious. Mm. Um, I think away stat- from home, away from home. Oh, I think there was just that away from home that you know, I think we're we're talking in March. We hadn't scored a goal away from home against a team in the bottom half. So Although you talk about that's That was right Warriors. up
1: until the Leeds game at the end of April, sorry.
0: Mm. Okay. All right. So that only goes to emphasize my point even further. We have now found a way to get back to doing the thing that doing the thing that Wenger always did when Arsenal qualified for Champions League every year for about 10 years in a row. He would beat the shite all the time, couldn't beat anybody, good but he would always beat the shite. We have shown this season we can beat the good teams. If we can get back into that, that mood and giving teams something else to think about of going away to Crystal Palace, to Bournemouth, to, I don't know, Everton, these teams, and just do them 2 or 3 nil. Fuck off and go. Thanks. There's three points. That's going to be the difference. So, and the other thing you were saying, Johnny, the biscuit sort of pass. You're absolutely right. But Sergio Bisquets never got to the byline and caressed a ball across the face of goal like Trent did for Gakpo's goal against Southampton. So the versatility and what he can do. That's in, that's impossible to defend against a sort of player has that much freedom. So, good shout. Mine, I'm a big fan of Louis Diaz. He is just so much fun to watch. But genuinely believe if we can get a full season fitness-wise out of Diego Jara on that left-hand side, Andy, I think you could be talking just in the league. Somewhere between fifteen and twenty goals and ten assists.
1: Yeah, that I don't see why why that wouldn't be the case. I mean, he, he what I would say is he does seem to be favoring Diaz at the minute, even um you know, even with Jolly's upturn in form. My concern with Diaz is just that with the numbers and like, I know he has he's had it interrupted and we're comparing him against Manny. he's actually doing still more than average numbers and what you'd expect for a, a wide player. But I do wonder, is it, I'm going to start kind of watching it, is it sort of sexy, stylish stuff in irrelevant areas or in, in areas that, that don't actually harm the opposition that much? Because he looks such a great player, but then doesn't seem to doesn't seem to get, just doesn't seem to do the same output that we might need. And especially when you look at some of the midfielders we're, we're looking at at the minute, the likes of, and I know it's not a show for it, but like the likes of Kone and Taram, they're not, they're not really goal scorers. Even McAllister, most of his goals this season have been penalties. So, you know, if we are sacrificing that from the midfield, then you're relying on Sal to get the numbers he'll always get. Gakpo will probably do slightly more than Firmino, but you still need a few more than what Diaz is doing right now. Um, Maybe, and I do... but,
0: like, Andy, if I, was, if I was to tell you that Sadio Mane's Premier League goal-scoring record for Liverpool is... 13 goals, 10 goals, 18 19, great 22 goals, 19 20, 18 goals and then 11 and 16. Is that something that Diaz do you think is capable of? Because it's it, it, like they are not like prolific numbers. They're good solid numbers from a wide forward, but they're not prolific. The
1: 18, the 22 and the 16 in the three seasons we challenged for the title are prolific though for a wide player.
0: That's fair. And that's, a, and that's a 26, and, 27, you know, 30 year old, Sergio Mane.
1: you know, and, and, and that, that's the issue, isn't it? Because those was other seasons we were fighting for the top four and miss, like, does has get there? a very nice, good team that might just be fighting for the top four. Um, does, does Diaz get there? I think, you know, first half of the season, he, he, you know, I thought he was really, really good before he got that injury against Arsenal. And he didn't quite do the numbers, but there were, I think he hit the post three or four times. And that's not like that's not per right, but That's just bad luck. And if that, you know, if they hit the other side of the post and go in, then we could be talking that. We don't know, is what I would say. He did the numbers in Portugal, but the quality of the leagues, the the question there. We don't know. And there is still a question mark, whereas we know Jada will get the numbers. Um, you know, if he I again the thing with both players is it's hard. to what are they the same player after the injury? Because they've both had bad knee injuries. Like bad, bad knee injuries, the likes of which we've seen ruin Fernando Torres as a player, for example, um Adam Lalana as a player. You know, these were top players before. So I'm just fingers crossed they can get a pre-season into them, um, and get over these injuries as best they can. But the, the one thing I will finally say with Diaz is we have a lot of players in this team, and it's not because they're butlers or their mentality's weak or whatever, but the likes of Salah and Trent very much play well when the team's playing well. You know, when we're getting beat at Brighton and Brentford, and um, what was the other one? Wolves is a big one. You know, he, those players aren't really showing up much in those games. And I think it's just because they need the system to work around them. They're those types of players. Like Salah's as, as good a playmaker as Trent, in my opinion. Whereas Diaz, I don't know he's not at the level. But he was almost Gerard-esque in how he dragged us back from some games, like that Arsenal one. He, yeah,
0: he's he's, he's like really control. got he's got that like that like Suarez-esque kind of street fighter mentality. Like and never that, say die, throw myself in front of a fucking bus for the team attitude.
1: And that and that's where I think you know we could possibly do with him in the left. But then Jota's sort of the same, isn't he? You know, when the game gets scrappy, who's your man? It's Jota. I think they are two great options in the left. Um, I think Gak poses a superb option down the middle and and, and Jada is probably second choice for him as well, which does beg the the Nunez question, but I don't know if you want to get into that.
0: We're not going to get into it at all. Johnny, Jada Diaz, I think it's a a really interesting debate. For me, there's a question of aesthetics here, right? Diaz is. Just like from entertainment value and absolute joy to watch. He's every trick in the book. He can score goals like the one against Crystal Palace where he literally beats half the team and blams it into the bottom corner. But then you have Jota who just... He just looks like... Do you know those old like football computer games where sometimes the player would just like literally like morph through another player and keep running like Jota tends to do that just runs straight and somehow gets past people but for me and I said it before the Spurs game Um, when he got the ball I was like he's definitely scoring that is his is, finish against Southampton I know Andy mentioned about are they going to be the same after the injuries, for me, I think Jota is absolutely there. For me, he looks razor sharp at the minute, and he would be my preferred option on the left. You
2: you would prefer Jota? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of them ones where they're they're they're, they're so completely aesthetically different, aren't they? I mean, I. I find it really hard to, to pick between them. I'm a big, big fan of Jada and I think he's he's really, really unorthodox in, in what he does. He's really unorthodox, but he's so he's so effective. Um and I think the thing with Jada, he doesn't need to be pigeonholed into that. You know, he either plays out in the left or he does nothing else because I think one of the biggest things we um with Jota, if you think about last season, especially from sort of in the new year, from February, March, April, he scored so many. When we genuinely, I mean, we came within two games of winning everything. Um, he popped up. We and when started, he's on
0: fire, Johnny, he is he is on fire.
2: He is, and he's, he's, he's had big injury problems. He's had really, really bad you know, he's had really, really bad injuries and stuff. And um it's 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 hard for me to pick. I think Klopp likes Diaz. I think Klopp will start with Diaz there, and I think you'll see um you know you'll see Jota starting off the bench, but you will see him playing through the middle and when Gapko, you know, depending on the opposition um and, and, and wanting to give give Gapco a rest on that, but but he can win his place. Like he, he definitely could could force his way into the team. And I know some people are like, we could we could sell Jada, but I would be completely in a different camp to that. I just think under no circumstances should we be letting him go. He's he's capable 15, 20 goals a season. And I think when he when he gets a run and he's fit and he's firing He's a real he's a match winner. He, he's clinical and he's calm. And he's everything you want when you're going for the big prizes, which hopefully we will be. But yeah, this isn't a good problem to have. Uh, you know, we, we wish we had that type of high quality <laughs> dilemma in more areas of the pitch. It's not it's not a bad problem to have at all.
0: Yeah, all right, Andy, let's finish it up. Um next season we know we know where the investment has to come it has to come in the middle of the park at the minute a lot of people say we need three at the minute it does look like three and those three come in the shape of Alexis McAllister um, Manu, Manu Kone is that right yep and some boy Pembe or that's not right. Kefram Taram. So, Kefram right, Kefram Taram, not Lillian Terams we had some other Taram. I
1: think um, yeah. I think he's related to them somewhere. Good, because Lillian Taram
0: was unbelievable. We're not going to get into the Parma team that...
1: Uh, <laughs> that this, how that, can I she-horn Enciso uh, Enrico
0: Chiesa, Sorry. but you were close. <laughs> by the way i take his wheel out apparently he's up for sale for juventus so give me him but he plays left hand side as well but anyway so like andy i don't know how much, much sorry
1: he is marcus he is um lillian trans wheel out their brothers
0: shut up yeah right i want them even more now um i haven't seen much of these two how much have you seen them? what do you think
1: absolutely nothing but I right. did, do a, bit of, I did do a bit of research today like so um oh, good tell us well sorry I, I did research on Coney um and I did like a brief bit on on Taram so they're, they're both they're both just turned 22 so you know they're they're at that sort of right age that we you know we're not signing sort of a Fabio Carvalho who we tried to throw in and he's not ready and it all goes tits up badly so they're, they're both Sort of at that age. Coney's um, at glad He's six foot one. Played 30 games last season. Only one goal, one assist. So he's by no means a um, a, a, a marksman or like getting loads of goals from midfield. 24. Let's have another Fabinho new there then. Well, yeah. So 24 of those were centre mid, six at defensive mid. Um, but I think as we come on as well, like Taram's probably the more likely one to play in the defensive mid. He hasn't had a first-team call-up for France, but does play for the under-21s, and he's had two full seasons in the Bundesliga by that point, and uh, injury record seems fairly decent. Uh, I haven't done too much on Taram, but he's had two or three seasons for Nice and Ligue 1 as well. Six foot four, absolutely massive, and seems to have played about half his games this season at centre-mid in the eighth and half them. At the uh, defensive mid, again, doesn't score loads of goals or get loads of assists, but they seem like two big physical lads you can get about the pitch. And that's, as I think we've talked about before, all I'm interested in. I'll take three Momo Musizocos every day of the week in the midfield, because I think we need to go back to that, really. Because if we try and do the whole, you know, Tiago and um, all these beautiful technical footballers in the midfield, then... City are just doing that except with more money and able to recruit better players so they're just going to beat us we need to do something different we need to leg them all over the park again press the hell out of them you know have that high octane heavy metal football I want us to get back to that um and I think the problem was that obviously too many players were came up to came over the hill at the same point and the worry was like how on earth do we get this back whereas if you throw like two or three of those in, then you can you can all of a sudden sort of get that back. Henderson can do it every once in a while. You know, Fabinho can probably do it every once in a while. We just can't rely on them. So if the um, if the the window is McAllister, Taram and Kone for the midfield, <laughs> caveat it with having to see two of them kick the ball, I would definitely take it.
0: Yeah, Johnny, I think, and that is what people have been saying, like, literally, probably the most used phrase around Liverpool's midfield over the last year has been legs. We need legs, give me legs, we need legs in the midfield. Milner, Fabinho, Henderson, like, you put the three in together and they can't run, really. This has got to be, and I, like I kind of agree with Andy, it's the old adage that particularly Pep Linders has thrown out. Intensity is our identity. And that is the one thing that we have really lacked this season. Signings like this should hopefully, you know, that, that's that's the point, right? That's, that's what we're here for. And if that's what we want to get back to, these are the sorts of players that we've got to be looking at.
2: Yeah, completely. And like, Andy's point spot on. Um, We can't. We. I've been a little bit worried about the direction of travel. Not because, like I've said, I really like a a lot of what I'm seeing. We getting Trent on the ball in central positions, but there's this feeling of are are we trying to go a bit, you know, almost like Barcelona light, like Pep light, or and, and getting away from what the Klopp basics are, because Jürgen Klopp has never been a, a, a ticky, ticky tacker, sort of manager and possession orientated, and you know, he, he has been more, you know, he does have tactical nuances, of course, as you've seen what he did with the way he evolved, the way we played with the fullbacks and, uh, and, and things like that, but it, it, at its essence, a, a strong Klopp team is a hard-running team that bullies the other team, That's the intensity and aggression just overwhelms teams. And that's what we've seen um, with the best of, of Klopp's teams before. He did get an element of control into that as well, of course, um, with it. But I think these sign-ins, if they happen, would signal an intention back towards that with you know, strong, tall, technically really good players, but a, a definite, like, an engine room and a bit of a bit of everything, all-rounders. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if Turam and Coney and, and McAllister sign, what we do with Trent, because he's been really good. Do, do we see him? I suppose I could see him being in more of that deep line Almost like a Perlow type of role, where he's central, and then you would have, for example, if it's going and Turan, you know, them doing the the engine, the, the getting about the pitch, and, and really doing the doing the doing the pressing and, and supporting the attack when we have it, and and shielding when we don't. So, it's 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 good. I think it's positive. That's, that's what we wanted to see. We we all know the midfields, being the, the gaping chasm. In our in our in our setup this season, we just everything comes from there. I think in a club team, how many years Dave did we say it on this 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 podcast that playing midfield for Liverpool is the hardest thing, um, because you're literally there to be totally selfless, and that's where Wijnaldum was 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 never replaced. So yeah, the the signs are we're going about addressing it and. Getting players of the age and profile and talent that that you would want, and they are. I've seen bits of them. I've heard about them, and people who I would respect their opinions on, especially like um, journalists that, that 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 cover you know that that, that cover those leagues, um, speak very very highly of them. So yeah, fingers crossed that we get our summer business right and um, yeah, put us in a position to be far better and get into the top four again as a, as a minimum
0: Yeah and just to finish us off for, for me something that resonated with me that Klopp always used to say is that Jordan Henderson always used to trot this line out as well we want to be horrible to play against we want to be absolutely horrible to play against and from Minute one, away to Fulham this season, we were not horrible to play against. And something that has made us so horrible to play against over the last four or five years was literally we did not give you a minute to breathe. We bullied you, harassed you, you know, assaulted you whenever you had the ball or whenever we thought you were going to get the ball. And the closest I've seen to that from we used to do that was um, what City did to Madrid at the Etihad in the second leg of the European Cup semi final, um, where they just, yeah, they picked them, basically, they picked them up and threw them around like a ragdoll. It's players like this who are going to get us back to that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Th- obviously, if, if, what we're told is is true and you know we've all built up this image in our head of these two players and I hope they're they're what I think of them in my head because they seem Yeah but to Andy always... I'm not
0: it doesn't need to be specifically these two players. Yeah it's just that that profile we're talking about. We don't we don't we're not talking about a, a, a Tiago Alcantara. That's not what we're looking for now, right?
1: Yeah. Well put it this way if if our three um you know I don't want to see a three in midfield of Alexis McAllister, Mason Mount and Thiago Alcantara because I think that's exactly the opposite of what we're talking about here. You know, if if, if we go for... go for If we're going back to what we were... and See, to be honest, I don't even think at times we're, we're particularly horrible to play against when we, we went on that run uh, to the... Nearly getting the quadruple. I think we pick our games really, really well in that run. At times, we're not fantastic in in large parts of that season and personally i don't think it's anywhere near the quality of the team that wins the league or wins the champions league um and that's not that's not to degrade that team or our last season at all but i do think it has been three years three years and counting since we've, we've actually played that style of football and been really horrible to play against in that way so yeah, I, th- I think it's great that we're, we're supposedly getting back to that. And you don't know whether that's to do with, you know, the, the players that, that Jürgen has been able to bring in when Noé's got more control now. And you look at these players we're being linked with immediately after having got his own sporting director in. And it, it looks on the face of it, and it could all be very wrong because it's an approach we haven't really taken for a long time, the manager having control of the transfers. But... It looks in the face of it that he's at least trying to get back to that that way of playing. And for me, that's the most exciting Liverpool. That's the Liverpool I was most in love with. And um, yeah, I just I just really hope we're going down that route because I think it's um I think that's what, as I said before, it's the only way of beating city. If city are gonna be so much better at A, B, C, D, E, and F and we can't control that, then we need to make sure we're really fucking good at G. Um, and that's one of the that's one of the things we do have in our armory. It's that passion, it's using Anfield and it's um It's it's the it's the intangibles I suppose.
0: Yeah. All right then, lads. Thanks for that fairly kind of obscure season review. And until next time, um, up the let's just be really good at G randomly read.